Hello, everyone. My name is Lauren Hungate, and I'm a worship intern here at Mary Methodist. The scripture for today comes from Philippians 1, verses 19 through 26. For I know that through your prayers and God's provision of the Spirit of Jesus Christ, what has happened to me will turn out for my deliverance. I eagerly expect and hope that I will in no way be ashamed, but will have sufficient courage, so that now, as always, Christ be exalted in my body whether by life or by death. For to me, to live is Christ, and to die is gain. If I am to go on living in the body, this will mean fruitful labor for me. Yet what shall I choose? I do not know. I am torn between the two. I desire to depart and be with Christ, which is better by far, but is more necessary for you that I remain in the body. Convinced of this, convinced of this I know that I will remain, and I will continue with all of you for your progress and joy in the faith, so that through my being with you, again your boasting, again your boasting in Christ Jesus will abound on account of me. Please join me in a prayer. Dear Lord, thank you for bringing us all here together, whether it's in a pew or through the screen. We are so happy to see your light shining through during these dark and trying times. We pray for our students getting confirmed today that they may truly commit to you. We also pray for Pastor Mike as he preaches the good news for all of us to hear. Make Pastor Mike a vessel for your words that the people of this congregation need to hear. Fill this room with your Holy Spirit and open our ears to the message you are teaching us. Thank you for all you have taught us and blessed us with, Lord. It's in your holy name we pray. Amen. Thank you, Lauren. Uh, quick note before I go. Um, Barbecue tickets can only be bought up till Wednesday as when we started this morning according to the app There was only 20 left So if you want that great barbecue lunch to pick up next week and take with you uh, do that now um, But for what's in front of us right now, this is one of my favorite weeks because as the People being confirmed and those of you that have been in the Marian Methodist for a while confirmation is one of my things I love confirmation and I'm grateful to have been your leader this year along with some other wonderful folks which we'll introduce later. I'm going to preach, those of you that are here today, directly to the confirmation students, and periodically I'll make sure I look at the camera so those of you at online uh, feel at home. And I encourage you to listen to the message because I think it's for all of us. It'll hit us all, but it's their day. Listen to this. See, confirmation, uh, which we'll go through in a moment, uh, is the process of becoming a Christian on purpose. That's a choice that we make. You're going to be a Christian or you're not. And these nine are making the choice to be a Christian on purpose. And when they kneel down, each one of them, one at a time, I will say over their full name, or at least the name they gave me to say. And then I will say the Holy Spirit work through you that being born of the water and the Spirit, you may always remain a faithful disciple of the Lord Jesus Christ. So what does it mean to be born of the water and the Spirit? Very simplistically, let's start with the water. Most of them, well actually all of them in this class, all, all nine of them, were baptized when they were much younger than today. Which meant it was their parents' choice to have them baptized. Now when your parents baptized you or brought you to bapt baptism, what they were saying was they were picking a direction for your life. It was a directional moment whether it was here or in some other church like ours, where the parents literally said, I desire this child to live and go the way of Christ. That was a sincere, 
thoughtful effort they made. Now, some of you were baptized later in your life. Uh, one of our students was baptized this morning, and Gabe, along with others that are baptized later on in their, in their lives, are making a different choice. It's still the same outcome, but this time it's the student themselves saying, I'm picking the direction of my life, the person that comes to baptism as an adult. says, I'm picking the direction, the direction of my life is going to be the direction of Christ. I'm going to go Christ's way. That's what it means to be born of the water. And then it says we are to be born of the water and the Spirit. When you come forward, we're going to unapologetically invoke the Holy Spirit. We're going to ask the Holy Spirit to work through you, which means we're asking the Holy Spirit to baptize you from the inside out in these moments today. Let me explain it in a very simplistic way. This age group that we have today, we have pretty much 14 and 16-year-olds in this confirmation class, have probably played with Lego blocks or something like that, haven't you? Now, here's what a Lego block is. A Lego block by itself is... Well, frankly, a parent's the worst nightmare, right? Anybody that stepped on a Lego block at night, that's when you love your child the most. So they're, they're, they, they're by themselves, they're just kind of little colorful blocks that either hurt your foot in the middle of the night or your dog chews on or something like that, but that's not their purpose. The purpose is not for a Lego block to be individual. It's not to be just by itself. A Lego block is meant to be interlocked, top, bottom, side all that kind of stuff. And when you interlock them, when you lock them to other Lego blocks, what happens is you can build Cinderella's castle, you can buy a, build a starship, a bow and arrow, whatever. It seemingly you can do anything out of Legos. But that's when you use them for their intended purpose, for their real purpose, when you, when you put them together. And the baptism of the Holy Spirit interlocks your life with God's. When, when the Holy Spirit comes on you, what, what happens is, is, is those pieces connect. Your life, God's life, interface with each other, and you're assured that God loves you. And those of you that are in confirmation, remember us walking through the John Wesley story. You drew those graphic novels where each picture had to do and then, and it, with John Wesley's life. And then you came to that one where we talked about how his heart was strangely warm, where John Wesley had this palpable feeling in his, in his body, in his heart, where he said, I felt my heart strangely warmed within me because for the first time, the love of God that I always known, which is an intellectual exercise, became, that I knew about, became the love of God that I experienced. He was baptized by the Holy Spirit, his life interlocked with Christ. We pray that for you today. And we experience, we, we, we absolutely pray that you will experience in your life this connection. In your everyday life, you'll experience a joy that is uncommon, uncommon in the world around us, but it can be part of your everyday. After we say, the Holy Spirit worked through you, that, that you being born of the water and the Spirit We'll conclude those words as your parents lay their hands on you by saying that you may remain a faithful disciple of the Lord Jesus Christ. This is for all of us. Now, remain is a pretty simplistic thing. In Bible language, it means pitch your tent. And pitch your tent is a way that we would say today, build your house. Because, you know, back in Bible days, a lot of people just lived in these big giant tents that were, you know, as big as your bedroom or bigger. And it would say, I'm going to pitch my tent. When you pitched your tent, it meant you were going to stay there for a while. 
oftentimes a long time. And when you say, I will remain a faithful disciple of the Lord Jesus Christ, what, what you're saying is, I am going to pitch my tent with the Lord for my earthly days, as long as I live, how many of those days they, they are, whether they're a short few or many, 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 for my earthly days, living in Christ is my place. And when we say, not only am I going to remain, but I'm going to be faithful in that remaining. Faithful is an activity driven by what you've chosen to remain in faithful means you're growing towards something and i admonish you guys those of you that are here i want to tell you one of my biggest fears every year at confirmation an absolute difficult fear for me is that i'll come to know you when you're 30 and you'll have the same faith you have today because it is a tragedy to have the same faith at 30 that you have at 13 it is a pitiful tragedy if you don't continue to grow that goes for you and and all of those that are around you because it is a pitiful tragedy in the fact that you shrink the opportunity that God gives you to live as a Christian in the world faithful to be faithful to remain in Christ and to be faithful means to serve God in real and specific ways this week and I, I don't want to hurt anybody's feeling in here but this week one afternoon um, I, I think it was maybe Friday afternoon actually I was outside my house and the derecho cleanup truck came to my house. Yeah. And I stopped. I don't remember what I was doing, but I said, I got to watch this. And since I'm a child of my age, you know, I picked out the camera and started shooting shots, you know. Well, that's, I'm a child of my age. I said, I got out my phone, my camera. I got out my phone and used the camera app. You got me? All right, Peyton. All right, you got me. And I'm watching these guys. That big thing grabs the stump grabs the limbs and I'm watching them and I'm enthralled by that but I wasn't participating I was just watching I was just watching this big action happen here but I wasn't really part of it they were doing it for me and, and I tell you that and I tell you that story about watching the derecho cleanup trucks because I was just bystanding the work I was just standing by as the work was done in front of me I had nothing no part of it and what I'm, what the reason I say that and the reason it attaches to your confirmation and to your uh, greater walk in faith, whether you're here or, or online, is that you don't need any bystanders in God's work. God needs no bystanders to his work at all. So then, as you come to confirmation, our, our desire is that your life may be saturated with uncommon joy. You can't manufacture it. You can't manufacture a life full of joy because I tell you this, I know your parents well enough to tell you this, that if it was possible, they would have already done it for you. But since they know, and I know it's not possible, they encourage you to go through confirmation because they know that the only true joy, the only uncommon joy that lasts a lifetime can be found in Jesus Christ, which is why they, alongside us, pray that you remain in it and are faithful to him all the way through life no matter how many days those are and and i have to tell you for all of you this is really important some of us get lost along the way we do that's the nature of human life some of us get confirmed and it's a big moment but then maybe in high school or college or when we're in the military service or working a job or you know we fade away but I want to tell you, and I want to remind all of you, that, that if you desire to be in Christ, there's always a way home. All you need to do is take a step towards him. He's already running towards you, arms wide open, 
he's always waiting for you to come home. So, so those of you that are near and far, don't be discouraged. If you've wandered off from Christ or you really haven't come to know him yet, just take a step. I, I promise you, you won't be disappointed. He's, he's coming towards you. And, and those of you that are getting confirmed today, if you wander off and you're freshman or sophomore, junior in high school, hear this. Through the church, through Jesus Christ, through all the ministries we have, there's a way home. So that's why I love confirmation. Quick walk through our Bible lesson for your confirmation Sunday. Lauren did a fantastic job of reading this from Philippians about uncommon joy. And uncommon joy is conditionless. That's one of the things it says. I know we made up the word conditionless, but we like it, so we're sticking with it. That's our story. And then, want to know the weirdest sentence to say at your confirmation sermon? Listen to this. When we're ready to die, we're best prepared to live. And you're like, oh, yeah, wait. I don't want to get ready to die. I'm just a middle school, high school student. But let me tell you why people feel this way. Early on in the church, the, the gospel of Jesus, the news of Jesus rising from the dead and promising salvation for all and eternal life for all was spreading across the world. And when it got to the Greeks, and some of you in your, in, your, in your studies have already looked at Greek mythology and all that kind of stuff, but when it got to the Greeks, they just had this like um, common sense thing of saying, well, if we're in spirit with God forever, wouldn't it be just better to die now? Wouldn't it be better just to get on with the dying so that we don't have to put up with all this nastiness of the world and all these problems that we face every day? Wouldn't it be just better if we could hurry up and, and, and die? I mean, that, that was something that was spread all over because they were really believing that all things about Jesus were a spiritual blessing and had little to do with the world in which we live. So Paul wrote these words to the Corinthians in 2 Corinthians. He says, we are confident, and I say... And would prefer to be away from the body, okay? And at home with the Lord, which is to say, I'm confident, Paul is saying, the writer of 13 of our Bible books says, it would be better not to be here on this earth. It would be better. It would be easier. It would be more of a blessing. So, we make it our goal to please the Lord, whether we're at home in our body, living here in the short period of time that we have on earth, or away from it in our eternal home. For we must all appear before the judgment seat of Christ. Which means what you do in your life matters. So that each of us may receive what is due for us for the things done while in the body, whether good or bad. So, at your confirmation Sunday, we obviously know that Christian death leaves the problems of this world for an eternity of joy. We step away from one thing into another thing. But that certainty, and this is what's to encourage you, that certainty allows us to live with joy, to live with joy in this world, in the uncommon, that, in a joy that's so uncommon to our world because we know that our final resolution is, is, is set. We know what the end game of our lives are. We know that when we pass from this moment living on earth to the next, we know that we'll walk right up next to Jesus. And so if we know that, then we can pour ourselves into living this life. That's what the Christians that guided you and shaped you this year, that's what the leaders in your family that are Christian have been telling you, is that we can pour ourselves into this life because we know what's at the end of it, so we don't need to get in a hurry to die. And Paul told the Greeks about this a lot. We don't need to get in a hurry to die just so we can go to heaven. We have God's work to do right here on earth. We have God's work to do right here on earth. 
Now that would be the appropriate moment, confirmation class, for the adults in the room to say amen. Exactly. So let me give you this encouragement, and then we'll get on to confirming you. We'll turn that around. That was on the screen a minute ago. The Christian lives for something worth dying for. The Christian lives for something worth dying for, and circumstances don't matter. What we do as an adult, what job we want to do, you know, whether we want to be a, a doctor or a lawyer or a person that serves military service or the guy that uh, works on cars or is a farmer, what we do is not necessity. It's, it's what we're doing within our lives. Our family circumstances, they're just one of the conditions of our lives. How much money we have, some of us will have more, some of us have less, whether we're married or not, those are conditions, but what matters the most, what matters the most for the you that are disciples and those that are you rising to disciples is to fully live, is that we invite Christ in and then we live in him. Every one of you at your confirmation interview, whether we were on Zoom or live, you had to explain to me, remember I told you, explain to me like I'm a fifth grade, a five-year-old what communion is. And most all of you told me, that it was a spiritual way, a symbolic way of taking Christ into our lives. We take the bread and the juice and we live, we let Christ live in us. And if we let him live in us, we are to live in him. And this is how the Bible sees it. Look at this short verse. I have been crucified with Christ and I no longer live, but Christ lives in me. Christ has taken up residence in you. You see, I asked you at the beginning of this service to pitch your tent in Christ. And what Christ is saying is, I pitch my tent in you. The life I live now in the body, I live by faith in the Son of God who loved me and gave himself for me. When it says, I have been crucified, what it means, don't miss this, you guys that are getting confirmed, don't miss this, those of you that are sitting in your pajamas with your puppies on your lap, watching on your iPads or whatever, don't miss this, adults that are sitting in this room. When it says, I have been crucified for you, means that Jesus takes the worst of you to the cross and it dies there. The worst of you dies on the cross of Christ. You then live to advance the cause of Christ all the way toward human death. That is a life worth living. Uncommon joy always advances the gospel if you have it. Never ever, ladies and gentlemen, never ever be ashamed and allow your living to bring honor to Christ. Allow your living to bring honor to Christ. Living, I'm going to tell you something, the story of not... Now, I know it's hard for you guys that are getting confirmed right now to believe that Pastor Mike was ever not old. But it's true. It's true. Once I was not old, once upon a time when I was not old, I played high school football. And we were not terrible. We were a pretty good football team, actually, and I happened to be the captain of it. And we had football every day, Monday through Friday, games on Friday, and Saturday morning we'd get up and we'd stretch out and run. And then Sunday we usually had off, and then Monday, you know, we'd do it all over again. But my senior year in high school, our coach decided that we were going to start previewing the films on Sunday nights. Now, anybody that knew me when I was younger, I ate, drank, lived to play football. But during my high school years, I was really enjoying, not just because it had cute girls, but what would be called 412 now. I was really enjoying being in ministry groups that way. And our ministry then was on Sunday night. And so when our coach said, well, 
uh, you, uh, guys, that's how he talked. Hey, we're going to have films now on Sunday night, and I expect you all to be there. And I went and I talked to him. I said, Coach, you know, uh, the church thing is really important to me. I mean, I really wasn't a full-out, you know, thoroughbred Christian at that point. But, you know, I was learning some stuff, and I enjoyed it. And I said, Coach, I, you know, it's really important for me to go to uh, youth ministry at the church. And, guy, you know, you're the ca- and the funny thing is, my coach went to this church. He said, oh, guy, uh, we really need you there. And I said, well, is it mandatory? Well, at that time, couldn't make something mandatory on Sunday in Iowa. So I went to youth ministry. You know, by the way, we still won pretty much all the games, so it really didn't make that much difference in the outcomes. What was interesting towards the end of the year is more of my friends started coming to youth ministry, even as we were playing towards trying to get in the playoffs and all that kind of stuff. But I was unwilling to be ashamed for the gospel. It was the first time I really took a stance in my life for Christ. It was the first time, I didn't know the verse then. You know, my, one of my life verses is Romans 1, 16. I am not ashamed of the gospel, for it is the power of salvation to all who believe, the Jews first and then the Gentiles. But I just lived it out a little bit. And I'm going to tell you, the same kind of challenges will come to you. It's not, it's not a question. They will come somewhere, somehow. You're going to have challenges and you're going to have choices. And here's how you're going to be victorious in life. To bring honor to Jesus by never being ashamed of you knowing him and loving him. Because believe me, he will never be ashamed of knowing you and loving you. He will never turn his back on you, no matter how far you decide to go from him. We can be joyfully be bold for Christ in your world. Listen, I got to tell you this. You guys know this is true because you already go to high school or middle school. Living for Christ will not always be, be on the side of the popular in your school. It's not always going to be on the side of the popular behavior. Popular behavior, I see it. Popular behavior bullies other students and puts them, other, puts them down for who they are or how they are or the way they dress or what homes they're from. Popular behavior puts other students down on social media and on the bus and everywhere else not so that they can really put the other person down, but so that they won't feel so poorly about themselves. They put others down to raise themselves up. That's what popular behavior does. But let me tell you, the Christian always acts on behalf of the vulnerable. Always. It never is a time we don't act on behalf of the vulnerable and build others up. We don't have to believe everything that they believe. We don't have to feel everything they believe. We don't even have to love every value that they have, but it is our responsibility to help them up because that's what Jesus would do, and this is hard and it's unpopular. It is truly unpopular. The popular breaks all the rules. The popular throws their sex life away. They, they smoke a bunch of weed. They drink a bunch of beer. They ignore being obedient to their parents and following the, the, the way that they know leads to the right place. And the Christian, while not sinless, of course, seeks to live every moment how Jesus would encourage them to live. That is a reality that is hard because the Bible says, wide is the gate that leads to destruction. That means it's a lot easier to go the way that destroys your life and narrow is the path that leads to eternal life. I got to tell you guys, if you're bold for Christ and you're not ashamed for Christ, throughout your human life, there's going to be some hardship. It's a choice you need to make 
but it's going to be difficult, and I encourage you not to be apologetic. Be bold. Be bold because you know Jesus is deep in your heart. Don't let this moment be fleeting. Don't, don't, don't let just this moment when you get a Bible and a cute cross and your teachers are up here and your parents laying hand on you, let it flow away. Christ is deep in your, half, in your heart. So, and whatever is happening right now, it's going to come and go. But continue to grow and experience the joy of your faith. And when you kneel here today and your parents put their hands on you, I really hope that you will pledge the words that I say in your heart. I hope that you're just not so freaked out and saying, oh, I'm in front of everybody and everybody's looking at you. Of course they're looking at you. That's what they came for, right? So I hope that when you get up here in this moment and I say your full name, the one you gave me, that you say, I will always remain a faithful disciple of the Lord Jesus Christ. I will always remain a disciple. Take pride in what Christ will do for you. It will amaze you, I promise you this. It will amaze you if you let Christ work through you. And I'll tell you this, and I speak behalf on all your parents, your grandparents, and anybody that loves you. We can't wait to see it. We can't wait to see what God will do through you in the living of your days that starts today and goes to your forever. So praise the Lord. I'm glad and thankful to be your preacher.